Some of you may know that I teach the one of the youth Sunday school classes in our um, church, and I really love it. This last week, we were studying the adversary, and I ran across an article um, from the churchofjesuschrist.org website, and I really loved it. But the whole time I read it, I thought, this isn't for my youth Sunday school class. This is actually for some of my anxiously engaged listeners. This um, is called The Perfect Lie, and it was written by Tiffany Webster. So I'm going to share it with you, and I'll even post a link to it in the um, show notes. But I, I'm going to share this with you, but I want to make sure you understand that this is um, not my article. This is Tiffany Webster's. She goes. She starts the article with this. I remember being 15 years old, sitting in Sunday school class, The teacher had just passed out a piece of paper with a question, where do you see yourself in 15 years? Easy, this was my list. Successfully graduated from college, married to the man of my dreams. Be the mother to four or five kids, each two years apart, living in my beautiful custom home, running a successful business from home, just when the kids sleep. I'll read my scriptures every morning right after. After my 5 a.m. workout, before the kids get up, we'll have family scripture, study, and prayer every day. I'll make healthy meals every night and take extras to my neighbors or those in need. I'll finally have stopped eating sugar and carbs altogether and will have conquered skinny. I sat back in my chair, completely satisfied with the long list I had just made. I took a deep breath, dreaming of what it would feel like to be living a life where I felt enough, had enough, and did enough. A life that seemed, at that moment, full of contentment and happiness. Little did I know that that day in Sunday school, I bought into one of Satan's greatest lies, the perfect lie. There was nothing I wanted more more than to feel enough and be enough. I wanted to be like my Savior. I wanted to live a successful life and be a good Christian, student, sister, daughter, and friend. However, at that young, at my at a young age, my thinking was distorted and my reality skewed. You see, I was a perfectionist, chasing a life without flaw, an unattainable place that I had thought existed, a place that if somehow I worked hard enough and long enough, I could finally arrive at. But no matter how hard I tried, how much I did, how much I lived by my good Christian checklist of praying, reading my scriptures, and having faith, I didn't feel happy. I felt stressed. I felt guilty that I never had enough time for anything that I was doing. Guilty that I wasn't measuring up. I didn't feel peace. In fact, I felt like an utter failure. The gospel of Jesus Christ was supposed to bring hope and peace to my life. So why wasn't it working for me? In my efforts to be like Christ, I lived by this math equation. Me plus more equals Christ-like. If I'm more patient, more forgiving, more loving, more charitable, more prayerful, and the list goes on and on, I can be like Christ. Christ Christ-like is the goal. Sounds good, right? Except for it's not. It's the perfect lie. It's Satan's equation that he dupes us into living. I learned that during one of the darkest points of my life, when my life literally crumbled, 
My husband lost his job. I was diagnosed with multiple chronic illnesses, and because of those illnesses, expanding our family wasn't happening. I had to walk away from my business that I'd poured my heart into for four years, and on top of that, I found myself in the grips of debilitating anxiety and depression. The perfect life that I had given my entire soul to keeping together was literally falling to pieces right in front of my eyes. Everything that I ever was or had been was no longer there. I was a college athlete who couldn't even walk around the block. I was a graphic designer and a business owner who couldn't even find enough light to do anything creative. I was a good mom who constantly took my son on outings while capturing the happy moments of our day. And now I was the mom with only one child who couldn't even get up long enough to make her child breakfast. Everything that I'd ever thought I was or that I'd prided myself in being was gone. I remember dragging myself to church one Sunday. The opening song started and the floodgates opened. Tears streamed down my face. I couldn't stop. I couldn't breathe. The heartache was too much. I immediately stood up and fled to my car where I locked myself in and sobbed. The anxiety was more than I could handle and the worthlessness I felt was unbearable. The tears wouldn't stop. I was miserable, broken, and shattered. Who was I if I wasn't everything I did? How could I have worth while sitting in bed day after day? Who was I as a wife, a mother, and a woman when my body didn't allow me to do the things that a wife and a mother and a woman should do? I had a testimony that my Savior's atonement was real. I believed his miracles. I believed him when he said that all things were possible to him that believeth. But in my most broken state, I wasn't sure how to use his power. I needed answers. So in my darkest hour, I had two choices. I could stay in the mental anguish that I was experiencing, or I could put God's promises to the test. So I did. I asked in a way I'd never done before. I began to seek, opening my scriptures not to check something off of my Christian checklist, but to find answers, to find hope, and to find my Savior. The following month, I engulfed myself in Christ's words. I studied his life. I read the New Testament. I watched beautiful Bible videos about his life and read talks by the leaders of my church who I believe knew Christ and knew how to implement his power in their lives. It wasn't easy at first, but the more I read, the more I wanted to. As I did, Christ literally became alive in my life. Stories that I read while growing up started to become real. They weren't these unseen, incomprehensible miracles, but they became tangible lessons that started having meaning in my life today. When 5,000 people needed to be fed and the only food available was a meager five loaves of bread and two fishes, the Lord didn't say it wasn't enough. He didn't look away or condemn. No. He took what he had and he used his power to make it enough to feed thousands. When those at the wedding feast wanted wine and there was none, Christ didn't judge or ask who planned so poorly. 
He told them to fill the stone jugs with what they had, which was water, and then to trust him. And he turned the water to wine, and not just wine, but the finest wine they'd had all night. He made shortcomings not just adequate or enough, but more than enough. As I studied Jesus' life, I realized this was the continuous theme in his entire ministry. Taking the weakest things of this earth and using his power to transform them into something miraculous. Christ never asked us to give more than we have to give. Rather, he asks, pleads, and invites us to learn of him, come to him, trust him, and let him make us more than we are. That brings me back to one of Satan's greatest lies, the perfect lie. Did Christ say, be perfect even as I am? Yes, he did. But he never said we needed to be perfect today, tomorrow, or even in this life. He definitely never said we needed to be perfect all by ourselves without Christ. You see, Satan's perfect lie takes one simple truth. Be ye perfect even as I am and twists it until we're convinced that we need to live a life trying to be equal to Christ. Satan's equation, me plus more equals Christ-like. Satan tells us we must be more, do more, have more. But on our own, could anything we put next to ourselves ever equal Christ? No. And here's where Satan gets even more tricky. Once he dialed us into this math equation of me plus more equals Christ-like, he takes Christ out of the equation completely. He gets us to believe in and chase equations like me plus skinny equals boyfriend. And before you know it, often without even realizing it, these alternative equations suck the life out of us and suffocate the Savior out of our lives. The perfect lie had me believing that it was up to me to change. That if I could just work a little harder, do a little more, be a little more disciplined, do more, be more, that somehow I would eventually get there. That if I could just try harder, I would be better. But this is false. This is the lie. Nowhere in the scriptures does Christ say that our efforts are inadequate. Never does he say, if you don't work hard enough, you'll never be enough. No, his truth and his invitation is, Come unto me, for my grace is sufficient. Christ's truth, I discovered, is more like this equation. Me plus Christ equals more. When we put Christ in his proper place, When we come to him and get to know him, there is nothing that he can't equal us to. With Christ, we can be kinder. With Christ, we will feel loved. With Christ, we will always have a friend. With Christ, we will be happy. For with Christ, we are enough. We are powerful. We are more. 
my life of striving for perfection wasn't about what Christ could make it. It was about what I thought I needed to be in order to be enough. It was about glorying in being busy while worshiping checklists. There was no room for error, no room for flaw, not enough time, not enough talent, and never any grace. When God let my life crumble, it wasn't because he didn't love me. He let my life crumble because he wanted me back. He wanted to teach me. He wanted to change me. Fifteen years ago, I made a list of what I thought my life would look like. Fifteen years later, my life looks nothing like that list. I'm still broken. I still have health challenges. And someday my life feels like a real mess. But now instead of chasing perfection, I'm chasing Jesus. And I've never been happier. So that's Tiffany Webster's story. Tiffany is a writer and a blogger. She's a graphic designer. She lives in southern Utah and has a son. And so, um, and like I said, I will post this link to this um, article um, in the show notes. I just wanted to share it though because I was really touched by it. I really connected with it. And this week while I was studying the power of the adversary and how I wanted to share that with a group of youth in our Sunday school class, this really touched me and it made me really think about the women that I work with and I get to serve with. This week I'll be teaching a a class at a um, Women's Super Saturday activity and one of the things that we're going to be really talking about is that so many women feel like they're not enough and that they're alone and we need to remember that Satan wants us to feel those things. We need to remember that that's what makes him happy but it's not what the Lord wants for us. And we do not have to be unhappy. We have so many gifts and so many opportunities to have and feel joy in our lives and even in the darkest of times. So I hope you guys know that you are loved. You are more than enough. And if nobody else tells you this today, and if you don't believe it for yourself, I believe it. I believe in you. And I want the best for you. And if there's something I can do to help be a better friend and a better sister in the gospel to you, please reach out to me. I love friends. In the meantime, I hope you all have an anxiety-free and a gratitude-filled day.